Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before has the Michigan State basketball program won a share of four straight Big Ten regular season titles. Tom Izzo and a talented group of Spartans take aim at doing it once again in 2021. The journey began this week as Michigan State opened up official practice in preparation for what's sure to be a season unlike any other. Uh, MSU Hoops Practice Primer and more today on Episode 6 of MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. It is Thursday, October 15th, 2020. I'm Brandon Champion, joined by Michigan State basketball reporter Kyle Austin, here to offer some opening early thoughts on the hoop season. Uh, Kyle, I'm all pumped up. I just received my college basketball preview magazine in the mail. Uh, Just read the Michigan State blurb, didn't have much other time to get to anything else, but let's face it, that's all that matters. Uh, But uh, let's start with the challenges presented to Tom Izzo and the team this year. Never mind the fact that Cassius Winston, Xavier Tillman, and, and to a lesser extent Kyle Larnes are gone. Never mind their usual difficult schedule. Um, but COVID testing is going to be a thing here. I see the team and social media is wearing masks at practice. Everything is going to be different in the age of COVID-19. Uh, do, do you have any sort of general thoughts on what this hoop season is going to look like? Yeah, you know, I think it's going to require, I mean, especially for a coach like Tommy Joe and the guys on his staff, it, it's going to require a mindset change, I think. Uh, I mean, a successful coach like Tom and most coaches, um, are, you know, they're very type A. They want things a certain way. They don't like surprises. They don't like the unexpected. Um, they, they've always prepared the same way with their practices, how they run, with how they travel, uh, all sorts of things. I mean, they like everything in line. They like everything predictable and they don't like surprises. And that, that just doesn't work with this virus. You know, you're going to have, you might have practices canceled. You might have games moved. Um, you know, you might, uh, have to bust sometimes when you might not want to, or travel differently, travel day of. Um, and everything's going to be changing. And I think, um, Tommy Joe is going to have to get used to that. And he, he seems to know that, you know, I, I asked him yesterday, uh, after the first practice, just what mindset he's taking and what mindset he wants his players to take. Um, and and he talked about being prepared for everything that's going to happen, um, and not getting upset about it and, and just dealing with it. You know, you've got an NFL team in the Titans this week that had their, um, facility closed for who knows how long and couldn't practice. And then seemed like they played on a moment's notice there on a Tuesday and played pretty well. I'll add. Yeah. So um, um, it's happening all over sports. Um, it's going to be difficult for, you know, players and coaches to deal with, but um, I think they're ready. I think basketball is going to be a little unique too, because um, it's a smaller group, which I think could be good, but also you get one positive in a group that size and it might wipe out a whole team. And I think we're going to be seeing basketball, 
more teams that, you know, in football, you know, yeah, we're down five, 10 guys. We're okay. That, that doesn't work in basketball. I think you get a positive test in basketball. We're going to be seeing more teams that are out for a week or two weeks. Um, and, and how do they deal with that? Schedule changes, lack of practice. Um, it's certainly going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, your people teams are going to have to be flexible. That's what we're learning across uh, pretty much all the sports that have been taking place lately is that, you know, coaches, players, leagues are going to have, be willing to try and adapt and fit the schedule in. But, you know, coaches and players are going to have to be able to flip the switch on a dime. They're going to be dealing with players in and out of the lineup. That would seem to benefit teams like Michigan State, who are traditionally pretty deep. Um, and, but one thing, you know, before we look at Michigan State's roster, you know, the schedule at Michigan State is is always interesting. It's always a point of conversation um, because it's it's traditionally very tough. Michigan State, uh, as one of the top programs in America, is always sought after in these events. They, you know, traditional play in the Champions Classic. They'll almost always be in an early season tournament. There'll be a marquee matchup in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. It looks like we are going to get some non-conference games this year, perhaps many of which will be in a bubble situation. Um, I don't believe they're having the Gavit games with the Big East this year, but but Kyle, what's the schedule looking like for, for pre-conference play so far? Uh, still very much up in the air. Uh, Izzo told us on Wednesday that he is 99% sure that the Duke game is happening. Uh, that's the Champions Classic game this year. Uh, reported for December 1st in Orlando. Um, but that beyond that, that was about the only one that he mentioned specifically saying, I feel good that this is going to happen. Um, and they're going to have up to seven. I, I'm sure they'd like to have all seven non-conference games. So that, that leaves six more that are still up in the air. They're trying to fill, um, the Duke game. So December 1st, that's going to be, I think five or six days after the start of the season. I think that what they would still like to do is on that very first day of the season, November 25th, I think they would like to be in Orlando that day and play, a couple of games, at least two um, in Orlando in a bubble. I'm doing air quotes right now. You can't see, but in a quote unquote bubble, because it won't be it won't be like the or the uh, NBA bubble. It will not be that intense, but in some sort of controlled bubble like um, setup, get a couple games down there. It was supposed to be the Orlando Invitational, um, their their tournament. But that thing, like a lot of these sorts of tournaments, is kind of just falling apart with teams, uh, teams backing out, teams going different ways, teams hosting their own uh, bubble, so to speak. Um, so I, I think right now the plan is to kind of go down to go down to Orlando, see who's there, kind of like going to the Y, rolling up on a Saturday, you know, seeing who's there, what games can you get. Uh, <laughs> slightly more complicated got, than that. We got that's, next. That's kind of what it feels next. like. Yeah, yeah, we got next is, is pretty much it. But I think they'll end up getting a couple games in Orlando, then getting that Duke game. Um, and then past that, it's kind of anyone's guess. I mean, I think they're still going to try to do the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Um, and, and then I would guess that they're probably going to get some games at Breslin and probably try to do some of those, get Oakland in there. I think they will probably be, um, regional games, games that are going to be teams driving to Breslin. Um, and, and, you know, it's a lot to iron out, uh, they've got a pretty master schedule and Kevin Pauga, uh, who I think basketball fans are familiar with. So they'll get it sorted out, but, um, it's, it's certainly quite a challenge and I'm not sure the schedule is going to look, I think the point, the goal now is to get a schedule. Um, I'm sure they'd like to have their typical play anyone play anywhere. But I think right now the point is to get all the games that you can. Um, and that's what they're working to do. Yeah. And we, as we said, there's teams are going to have to be flexible. Even if they do get a set schedule, it's very likely to change at some point. I mean, mm -hmm. we have, you know, you look at some of these other tournaments, you know, Michigan State might actually be fortunate enough where, you know, they, they're going to end up in Orlando, which is where they were originally going to. But you got the, 
the Maui Invitational is going to be played in Asheville, North Carolina this year. The the Battle for Atlantis is moving to the Samford Pentagon in Sioux Falls uh, in the Dakotas. <laughs> and, and Duke immediately said, no, we'll, we'll, we'll pass on that. We're going to stay here. Duke, Duke said, we haven't want nothing to do with South Dakota. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's not uh, an appealing destination for the Dukies, apparently. <laughs> there, there are not a lot of beaches up there in Sioux Falls. So, although I do hear it is a pretty cool area, actually. I've never had, I've never been up there. But uh, yeah, the schedule, it's a work in progress. It's got to be awkward for the team to be, you know, opening up practice and still not having uh, a set schedule or not really knowing what it's going to look like when the season starts. But uh, like we said, they'll have to take it in stride because it's going to be a strange year. Uh, let's close in the picture and look more at Michigan State's roster uh, this year. We, we know they're going to have to replace uh, three experienced players, um, including uh, the Big Ten's all-time assist leader in Cassius Winston. Xavier Tillman was Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Ten last year, so that's a big loss. Um, but, but more times than not, you know, depth is generally strong at a program like Michigan State. Uh, that should be a key in a year where you may or may not have guys in and out of the lineup. Uh, there are, you know, there's some guys with experience returning, you know, uh, Josh Langford, Aaron Henry and Foster Lawyer, all named team captains this week. Uh, Kyle, were you surprised by any of those captain selections? Uh, maybe a little bit by that last one. Uh, I mean, Langford, obviously, uh, uh, you know, a two year returning captain, you know, he's a shoe in once he once he decided to come back. Um, Aaron Henry, you know, leading returning scorer, um, showed it all last year, part of the year before. Um, he was kind of that next logical guy. Um, and, and then, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they went with two, uh, but they go with a third. And really from that third, um, from that next group, I mean, you look at all those guys that came in in that large 18 class together, which is, um, you know, Foster Lawyer, Marcus Bingham, Gabe Brown, um, that whole group. Um, really, any of those guys um, could have been it. And, and I think the fact that Foster Lawyer was picked um, is telling. Um, and, and Izzo said that this was a team vote. There have been years where he he's kind of selected or kind of um, made just kind of unilaterally made it his own choice. But this was this was a true team vote. And, you know, however, however fans might feel about Foster. And I think I I know how a lot of them feel. Um, I, I mean, this is an indicator that I, I think he ha- he does have a lot of respect in that room. And I think that. Um, People see him as someone who's a leader. You know, he's a point guard, and that's, I mean, it's like a quarterback in football. I think there's some leadership inherent in that position, whether he's the starter or not, and we'll get into that. Um, I mean, it's a sign of respect, and I think it's a sign that he um, that he's looked upon highly by his teammates. Um, and I don't know what that portends as far as his on-court role, but I think it's certainly a good sign um, that his teammates hold him in high regard. Yeah, I mean, Foster Lawyer takes a lot of heat. You know, he's a, you know, the short, you know, kid. And he, you know, he's, he got, you know, this Duke game when he got stepped on or, you know, the Michigan fans <laughs> or whoever like to, you know, make, you know, gifts and memes of highlight tapes of, of Foster Lawyer getting dominated or whatever. And I, I've openly said myself that maybe, you know, so far, at least through two years, he looks more like a mid-American conference player than a Big Ten player. Um, but, you know, like you said, the, he clearly has the respect of his teammates. And if he, you know, the fans like to harp on him, opposing teams might like to get on him, but his teammates know what kind of player he is and what he is capable of. Offensively, he's never really seemed like a guy who's going to hurt you on offense. I mean, he can move the ball. He can ball handle. He makes the right pass. He can knock down a shot. To me, it's it's on the defensive side of the ball where most of the questions lie. Is he going to be able to guard some of these guards? It's At times, he's been overwhelmed. 
And, you know, to me, that's that's where if he's made the most strides, that's where he's going to be able to play more minutes and really be effective. I mean, do, do you agree with that or? Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you that I um, this was true on Wednesday when we talked to Israel. This is true when I talked to Israel a couple of weeks ago and in a lot of interviews that I've heard this offseason when he's asked who look good, you know, who, who've been your standouts for the summer. Foster Lawyer's name is the first one that comes up every single Interesting. time. And, um, you know, talks about how hard he's worked, um, you know, how he changed his body. Um, and I, I think that's catching some people off guard. Um, but and I don't really know what to make of it, because I think I, like a lot of other people, ended last year thinking, OK, the point guard job is Rocket Watts's, um, the, how strong he ended the year. Maybe he's not the most natural point guard, but, um, you know, he, he can hold his own certainly on defense. Um and, and passes well enough and he can improve in, you know, kind of the point guard aspect of it. Um, I still think that that's more likely, but I think, I think is always preparing people to see maybe a little bit more foster lawyer than they were expecting to. Um, I I still don't think, I still don't think he'll start, but um, could he play 20 minutes a game? Maybe, Um, uh, you know, they they keep talking about playing foster lawyer and rocket Watts together too. So it's not, you know, it's not a a, a zero sum and if, or, you know, it could be both of them. Um, So uh, I'm very interested to see it because I'm with you. Uh, What, from what I saw, He's just a guy that did not have the physical, um, the physical ability to defend, you know, high level opposing players. Um, yeah. and, and I'm not sure how much a good offseason changes that, you know, this is not a, you know, you can get a little bit better at that, you know, based on, you know, skill and positioning, you know, we saw a guy like Matt McQuaid, um, really good, good at it, you know, defending guys that were more athletic than him. Um, but at the end of the day, I still think that he just has some size and physical limitations that are going to limit it. So um, I, I'm going to be very curious. I don't doubt you. We don't know who they're playing yet, but so, you know, if they play some lower level teams, if they play some smaller guards, I don't doubt that Foster Lawyer can get out there and look pretty good. Um, but I'm going to be very curious a game like Duke. Um, if, if this, you know, um, if time is continues to, you know, praise him, you know, can he play, you know, versus Duke um, and, and time is can want to play him. He can have all his teammates respect. Um, you know, Thomas were talked about needing to give him an opportunity to go out there. That's all well and good, but at the end of the day, he's got to be able to step out there and guard somebody. Um, yeah. and that, that's still my biggest question for him. Um, and I think that's still to be determined. My, my, I tend to think that, um, they're going to try, they're going to give it their best, but you know, when they're kind of in the heat of the battle, the, it's not going to make sense, but, um, I could certainly be proven wrong there. Well, we've we've heard Tom Izzo flat out say at times, you know, in certain games, like, well, lawyer or Foster, he struggled a little bit against their size. Like he said that before. So, like you said, there might be games when he not be might, might not be able to stand there unless he's, you know, hit the weight room daily, you know, for maybe maybe he's just bulked up and stronger, and we will see. But I also noted that that note from Izzo. I saw the live tweets when you guys were talking to him about. Um, him talking about moving Watts off the ball and potentially that would be, you know, where a situation where you see Rocket Watts playing mostly point guard, but then you might have Foster Lawyer come in so you can move Watts off the ball and he could focus more on scoring the ball because let's be, excuse me, let's be, let's be real here. Rocket Watts is going to have to be one of their best scorers. Um, So if he's trying to run the point and score, maybe he can do both. But if AJ Hogard, the freshman or Rocket Watts could come in and, provide quality minutes at the point guard spot to free him up to just really be a straight offensive scorer. That could be massive for the team. 
I, I think it could. And I also think a difference in this year is that they're going to be very, very strong in perimeter defense um, with, with all the other guys that are out there. If Joshua Langford gets healthy, um, he's a great two-way player, great defender. Aaron Henry has been above average defender and is only going to get better. Uh, Rocket Watts, um, I thought was pretty strong for a freshman defensively and certainly has the athleticism to be able to be that. So um, if Foster Lawyer is out there, he might have his own defensive deficiencies, but he's going to be out there with some pretty strong guys. And, and, and you wonder how much they might be able to hide him a little bit um, or give him help when he needs it. So I I think they're determined to play Foster Lawyer more. You know, Tommy Zell talked about yesterday about, um, you know, Foster's, you know, kind of lack of development really being his fault um, and, and kind of falling mm. on his court a little bit. And maybe he's just trying to take some pressure off Foster. Um, and, you know, you can certainly look at, um, you know, preseason comments through, through different lenses and think, is he trying to pump a guy up or is he trying to, to keep Rocket uh, motivated and not like he has the job um, or, or what have you? There's a lot of different reasons to, to, to talk about things the way that they are. But I think um, um, I, I think is always determined to, to give him more of a chance this year um, and really kind of make it a make or break year. And, you know, I remember being at Breslin during that, during one of his state finals games for Clarkston and watching him shoot the ball. And uh, he was pretty un- unbelievable. And I think he's got a shooting ability that Michigan state fans really haven't seen. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a couple games. What was the big 10 tournament game? Was it Wisconsin? The game yeah. that he went completely lights out. Um, yeah. He can do he's that. Had a few games where he just comes in and starts raining threes. And yeah, I mean, shooting mm-hmm. that he is a lights out shooter. I think his said he's probably the best shooter on the team. Right. Yeah. And, and, and he just, I, I think he's lack confidence at times. And, and if you go out there and you feel like if I take a bad shot, I'm going to be pulled. You're not going to shoot well. Um, so I, I think I think if they can get his confidence up um, and get him and to be just not a liability on defense, he's not going to be a stopper. But if you can hide him a little bit and get him to not be a liability, um, he uh-huh. can move the ball. He can shoot. Um, I, I I think I don't know. I'm not as down on him as a lot of Michigan State fans. I think he's got more potential than he's shown. I don't think he's going to be all Big Ten. I don't think he's going to start. Um, but I, I think we're going to, he's going to bring a lot more value than he has the last couple of years. And you know what, playing behind Cassius Winston <laughs> and anybody's going to look bad playing behind Cassius Winston, let's be honest. And Foster Lawyer, um, had his own struggles too, but that was, he was in a difficult spot and I think he's going to be in a better spot this year. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for MLive's Foster Lawyer podcast. Uh, <laughs> <coming> up, <laughs> no, uh, of course not. There's more than just Foster on the team. But um, so let's let's look at what the lineup is. I know Tom, uh, people love to talk about the starting lineup, even though Tom is a loves to change it up and he changes it up almost at will. Um, I think you guys asked him about it and he the only players he would commit to were Aaron Henry and Joey Hauser, neither of which were, were surprising to me. Um, but there, you know, there, I would say there's at least one, maybe two surprising omissions that he's not committing to there. Do you have a feel for what the, the starting lineup might look at, look like on the opening night? I mean, I have a, I have a guess. Um, I could What's your guess? Wrong. Let's I think, hear it. Uh, I, well, I think we covered point guard pretty well. I think it'll be Rocket Watts. Um, yeah. Although I think, like I said, there'll be a little more far than people think. But Rocket will be the starter. Um, my guess on the two is I'm going to go with Langford. Um, and this one's a hard one to predict because it's very much based on his health. Um, and, and nobody really knows exactly how he's, he's going to respond, uh, once he's practicing every day doing five on five. But I think if he's healthy, um, he's going to be out there based on what we've seen. But I also think there's a sentimental element for Izzo, um, and being able to kind of give him that starting job back after everything that he's been through. Um, and maybe that's not totally fair to Gabe Brown, but, um, I, I think he'll be out there as the starter. 
Um, and we can get into the minutes later. I think Gabe Brown will still be playing a lot there. But I, I would go with Langford at the two. Henry at the three is a lock. Uh, Hauser at the four is a lock. Um, and the five, you know, I'm still going to say Bingham, but I'm, I'm really not as confident in that as I might have been um, a month ago. Um, I, I talked to Izzo a month ago, and he seemed pretty high on Bingham. Um, and this is after summer workouts and before they really started five on five. And he said, you know, Marcus started 16 games for us last year. He's got a lot of experience. Um, certainly, you know, the length and athleticism, he's been a good shot blocker, a good defender. Um, and he seemed pretty high, but, but, you know, talking to him this week, um, I, I don't know if, um, if Bingham maybe hasn't looked as good in five on five as they hoped. Um, they certainly, he hasn't put on the weight that they hoped he would, uh, which has been an ongoing thing with him, but he's still underweight. Um, and I think they, they're afraid of how he does against, you know, Luca Garza and all these big guys. So mm-hmm. um, I, I still say him, but I would not surprise me at all um, if if uh, Julius Marble starts there. I, I, he got some praise yesterday. I think he's come on pretty strong. Certainly no size and strength concerns with him. Um, Kithier has been in the mix. He would surprise me. Um, and I, I think Mati Sissoko, I, I would bet that he starts at some point this year. Um, yeah. It won't be opening <laughs> night, um, but... Um, so if I'm predicting my opening night one, um, I would predict, uh, Marcus Bingham, but if you're predicting my last lineup of the year, I'd probably predict Matty Sissoko in that one. I have, uh, literally the same thing written down, uh, the same, same prediction for me over here. Um, yeah, Langford, if he's healthy enough, he's going to start. I feel pretty confident about that. Um, and then yeah, center Bingham, you know, he's, he started before he he's going to be an upperclassman at this point. You would think he would have that leg up on someone like Sissoko, who's a, a true freshman coming in. Um, but like you said, Kithier and Marble also in the mix as well. So, um, and, and, you know, as much as we like to talk about it, I'm not sure it really matters because, you know, Tom Izzo loves to change up the lineups. And if someone like Marvin Hall or, or Malik Hall or uh, uh, Gabe Brown, if someone like, if one of those two guys are starting to step up and play better, Tom will not hesitate to put them in the starting lineup. I mean, we've seen no, that before. No. And, and, and to me, there's a, there's a starting lineup and there's a winning time lineup. If you know what I mean mm-hmm. by that, you know, last five minutes of the game games on the line, who's on the floor. And that's not always the starters um, very frequently, not the starters. And I look at a guy like Josh Langford, if he's healthy, um, he's a guy that you're going to want out there. Um, and, and maybe you start, maybe you start Gabe Brown, um, you know, kind of for that energy for the start of the game. And then you, you hold Langford, um, and then he's, he's fresher towards the end of the game. Maybe they do something like that. Um, um, or, you know, even like a Kithier, um, you know, he's a reliable guy, you know, he's not going to light, he's not going to stuff a stat sheet or make a lot of highlight reels, but he's not going to make a lot of mistakes. So, you know, maybe he gets some key time at the end. So, uh, like you said, they've got a lot of options. Um, and a lot of depth, you know, he talked about, you know, different lineups, you know, Malik Hall is a guy who's kind of getting, I think, pushed out a little bit by Joey Hauser, but maybe he can play on the perimeter. Um, that's something that's been brought up and, and you get bigger there. Um, you know, Hauser, we, there's so much uncertainty at the five, maybe he gets some time there and, and, and Malik Hall can get in or Thomas Kithier next to him or, or what have you. Um, I, I think there's a lot of different kind of mix and match possibilities here and it's going to be interesting to see what they come up with. I'm sure we'll see them all. We know Tom loves to mess with the line. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll see a little bit of everything, that's for sure. But uh, let's transition to the last topic here. I want to touch on Josh Langford a little bit more. Obviously, uh, in the last two years has dealt with injuries to his to his foot, and through all of it, he's remained a team captain. 
He's remained on the bench. He's been an integral part off the court. Um, Tom Izzo has nothing but glowing praise for Josh Langford. I, I personally am so, so happy that he's coming back for this fifth year. I mean, the kid deserves an encore, a real chance to show why he was one of the best recruits in all of America coming out. I think I think people forget, you know, it, it was 2016 when he came with Cassius and Nick Ward and, and Miles Bridges, but outside of Miles, Langford was the highest touted kid in the class. He was a, a five-star kid from Alabama, a five-time Alabama player of the year. He, he won it as an eighth grader. You know, ESPN and 247 had him as the number 19 recruit in America. And I think if you would have asked people, you know, in 2016, who would be the last player to suit up for MSU? I don't think people would have said Josh Langford. They might have assumed he'd be gone in one or two years. So it's great to see him back. Tom seems uh, cautiously optimistic that he's he's healthy. I know he said he looks like old Josh at times, but um, did, uh, what is what are we looking at here for Langford? What do you think the chances are that he's able to go out there and, and be an impact player like he used to be? Uh, my, my understanding is that all every single sign has been good. Um, and... So, so he last year at this point, he was kind of in the same boat, season ending surgery, rehabbing. Um, but there were already, even before they shut him down, which is around this time last year, I think they first kind of shut him down. He had had some troubling signs. He had had pain when he came back. They thought it was a muscle pain originally. Um, so they tried stretching him, but it was kind of lingering. So he was practicing and publicly they were saying, oh, he's practicing. It's good. But, you know, behind the scenes, they, they were worried that this, you know, he had this pain couldn't quite explain it and and ended up being, you know, a recurrence uh, that completely shut him down. Uh, That hasn't happened this year. Um, They've been, you know, they said, we're not hiding anything. He has not had any pain. Um, And really the only hesitancy is um, seeing, watching him take every step. Um, And can he get to full practice every single day without this pain recurring? And he's pretty close to being there. Um, they were, they were encouraged by the summer. He progressed like he was supposed to, but I think they were a little cautious before five on five, because that's a big step for a guy in a rehab, you know, getting out there playing a, you know, full basketball, not just by yourself. And he's done that. He's done pain-free and, and he's apparently been looking good. You know, we talked about watching him dunk the other day for the first time in a long time. Um, and, and really the only, really the only step left is for him to, to play every day. Um, right now he's on kind of a, um, you know, play every other day, not, not fully participate in every practice, which is just precautionary. It's not because he's, I don't think it's because he's, uh, he's got any pain. It's just, you know, the normal plan. So as long as he can kind of keep ramping up to playing every day, uh, my understanding is he pretty much looks, I mean, I think he's still got some rust, but I think he looks pretty close to what he has. You know, as I said yesterday, he, he really looks like the old Josh at times. So um, I, I, I think there's a reason to be optimistic. I mean, any, anybody who's been through that many injuries, there's always that, that chance, which I, I think Tom is, you know, pretty hesitant to throw a parade for him than have him get hurt. I, I think he's been through a lot, but um, I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. And if, if he can be a 40% free throw, uh, three point shooter, um, you know, a guy that can score at three levels, a guy that can defend like he has, a guy that has played in as many big games as he has started, as many games as he has, uh, that is a huge, huge boost for this team. He's their only senior. I didn't realize that until the other day. Yeah. Um, they got a bunch of juniors. Uh, they don't have much – they don't have a whole – they got a lot of guys that have started kind of a handful of games. Aaron Henry started a season, but um, he is far and away has the most experience. So having him out on the floor um, could be a really, really, really big boost for them. And I th- my understanding is all the signs have been pretty good. 
It would be huge. I mean, you could see even last year, even though, you know, Aaron Henry and Rocky Watts got it, got it together towards the end of the year and were playing at a very high level. You could see early in last year, Rocky Watts was trying to do too much to replace Josh Langford. You could see he wasn't ready mm-hmm. for the moment at times, even Aaron Henry to the same extent. Uh, and to have a player who can get his own shot was something early on mm-hmm. last year that they were missing big time. It was basically Cassius and Tillman in the pick and roll and everyone else standing around waiting for him to do something. And right. to have and, a guy and- who can create his own shot is just huge. Oh, it's enormous in college basketball, and and that's why that's why Rocket Watts has been so good. And and my other question right now is, if you're opening game, whoever you play, if if you need, if you're down by two with ten seconds left, who are you drawing it up for right now? Um, mm-hmm. to, to me, if Langford's healthy, he's an option there um, because for so long that it's been Cassius and it's been no brainer, and everyone got used to it. But as a result, no one's really on this roster has really been in that. He's been that guy, you know. So. If you've got him out there and he's and he's feeling it um, late in the game and, and you need to drop a play, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd feel a lot more comfortable giving him the ball um, than a lot of other guys. Not to say that Rocket Watts or and Henry or, or even Joey Hauser couldn't hit a shot in that, in that situation. Kyle, Kyle, the correct answer is Foster yeah. Lawyer, corner pocket. Foster so. Lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, anyway. he'd, probably be, he'd probably be open, I'll give you that. <laughs> Anyways, it's uh, it's going to be a fun season. I'm I'm pretty pumped. College basketball is on the horizon. It's going to be a, a crazy season. It's not, college basketball is not going to be immune from the COVID stuff. We're going to see postponements, but every game that tips, kind of like how I feel about football, I consider it a success. So uh, that's going to do it for today's episode of M Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. Follow me at Brandon the Champ on Twitter. Uh, follow Kyle at Kyle B Austin for the latest updates. Matt will join us next week as we prepare uh, Michigan State season opener against Rutgers. Uh, Kyle, we're getting real sports next week. Real Michigan State action. Real sports, uh, live and in person. It's gonna be. It's gonna be weird. I'm not gonna know what to do. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You guys will be one of the few people in Spartan Stadium, so that'll be interesting to watch. But more on football next week. Um, that's gonna do it for our, our Spartan basketball preview. More to come, of course, as this season continues to unfold. Uh, but for Kyle Austin, I'm Brandon Champion. Thanks for listening, and go Green!